0: Welcome to the Cap City Officers Podcast. This is episode 230. You've got Chris wow. and Brian. And today we're going to talk about a recent pistol training event we did. Um, went from kind of twilight into low light. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we did the wide transitions drill. I'm sorry, not wide transitions drill. Designated target drill. Yes. And then we set up kind of a like a mock, like little simple stage kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into it. Absolutely. Um, guys, one of the
1: things that that I think there there are a couple side topics. You know, we talk a lot about um, you know grip on the gun. Uh, you know, getting that getting that good grip from the draw stroke, getting everything up so that you've got good index on the gun. Uh, we talk about you know visual acuity and and running from target to target quickly and trying to be aggressive about those things and and trigger control to the extent that you need it, as much trigger yeah. control as you need to do what you need to do. <laughs> Same thing with as much sight presence. Consciously, as you need to have, um, you know whether whether that's you know absolute alignment or whether that's just the guns pointed in the right direction because you're close enough and fast enough on a big enough target. What came into play on this um, when you start throwing a a lot of this stuff in there? We had a couple of the topics that came up. It's low light. There's a light on the gun. How do you make the light work? Can you make the light work smoothly with what you're already doing? Um, Which means, and what I think. For a lot of folks, equated to a significantly slower draw stroke to first shot.
0: Yeah. So the the wide transitions drill, I think I was the only one that shot it with my light on. Because yeah. Everybody else kind of just used but, the available light.
1: But the designated target drill, I think, at it, 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 that a there was enough light. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it's a choice to run with your light on, which is fine. Right. And B, it's turning your light on and running the whole thing with your light on. Yeah versus the other drill that we'll get to in a minute, wasn't, it was something different True. than that. So, but we had, a so so just just in general, a couple things that came up, and then we can go to the specific drills and talk more yeah. about in detail. Sorry, I should have said that to be going. Um, the, the reality check is, is that a, a lot of people were trying to figure out how to make their light work, me included, with alacrity from the holster to the target on the first shot. And so we saw draw strokes slow way down. Like-
0: Chasing three seconds, to slow down. Yeah,
1: let, yeah. I mean, e, you know, and, and even like you know, and even your, you know, you're normally one six pretty easy. That's comfortable for you, and then faster than that by quite a yeah. bit if if you, if everything goes right. And we're doing all this from concealment, guys, and we're doing this with, you know, this is not comp guns out of comp rigs and stuff like that. This is concealment guns out of from concealed carry. Um, so we're running, sh- you know, shirts over, um. And, and we're not running you know the jedi cheat where your hands on your shirt at the beach stuff like that duffy does the duffy does the good old boy thumb hook in the pockets um, i've been running outside having, yeah uh, okay f- Cool. fingertips touching yeah, well, the, no, don't mean the pants a, i don't picking, i'm not picking on jedi yeah. for like the the having your hand on your t-shirt thing either that i don't i don't i don't, I don't think of that as a cheat it's a ready position if you choose yeah. to utilize it if you're in a match then you're going to have something else different that you need to do um but you know, even even with you know those of us that spend some time on our draw stroke, even though we may not be like that sub one, we, we've got some guys that move pretty good. But adding the light into the conversation, somehow trying to get that button pushed on the way to the target, you wouldn't think would add anywhere near as much as it does. And I think that's a function of not having done it 11 billion times, like you've done the draw stroke 110 billion yeah. times. So <laughs> that's something I'm, you know I'm gonna I've already started doing it in my dry fire. Is pushing the light on through the draw stroke. Um, and I started doing, and I actually did, the last dry fire session I did, I actually did in a dark room. For that specific reason, because it's hard to see what's going on if you're hitting it right with the with the light and stuff like that. So, it's just one of the things that was added. The other thing that came up, and I'll, I'll get, we'll get more into depth with this as well when we get into that specific thing, but was... Um, moving with the gun. How are you moving with the gun? Where's the gun? Where's it pointed? What are you doing? Etc. And we'll talk a little bit about that too, because yeah. there was definitely some some discussion um, from the comp world versus, you know, it'll get you killed in the streets and blah, 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 blah. And so I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit too. Yeah. So cool.
0: Yeah, let's dive into it. Yeah, so the the wide transitions drill, um, sun definitely setting. Yeah. Light vis- <clears throat> visibility, like from shooter to shooter, you could see things getting darker. Yeah. Because um, we had, I think we had six targets set up in a, what, like a 90 degree arc. Ish, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Um, the close target that you went back to every time had half of the main A zone visible, the whole head visible with yeah. a no shoot target in front of it. Um, so you were forced to get good at shooting past the no shoot because um, you had to do it a bunch. Yeah,
1: what what distance <clears throat> do we think that target was at? It, like it was close
0: five yards, six yards. Maybe, yeah, I don't think it, it was, was seven. It was close. It was close. Um, it,
1: more than, A more than ample A zone. Yes. If we would have just taken, if we would have put a no shoot on there, if we would have just drawn a line through the A on the A zone and said just shoot the top half, nobody would have blanked. But because there was a no shoot there. Okay, cool, we'll go on. We'll talk about yeah. that in a minute, so awesome.
0: Um, yeah, two of the other targets had no shoots on them. Mm-hmm. Um, one was set up so that only the head was visible and there was sort of a requirement that you had to have at least one round per run in the credit card um, of that head box. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was one of those drills where maybe at the beginning you could definitely run it without a light on the gun. Yeah, yeah I, um, I think I went I was first the, and there was no problem at all. the last shooter to go and I definitely turned my light on yeah. every run um, and then ran it, like with an X300 turbo. Um, it was just run it like it was daylight Um, no issues Uh, yeah this is the designated target drill you shoot the designated target you shoot another target you come back to the designated target you shoot another target um, keep doing that until you finish on the designated target yeah so this ended up being a 22 round string uh, for just about everybody there was at least one reload Um, yeah Yeah, a lot of you know, trying to remember where you were at, what you had done, what you hadn't done. Yeah. Making the transitions fast, uh, keeping your grip established the whole time. Yeah. Getting um, reload Getting a reload in, remembering what you did on the reload. Uh guys that didn't top off. You know, you were then running out on an in in the middle of a target, um, because you guys are running fifteen or seventeen round mags for the most part. Yeah for people that had topped off before the run started, then you were finishing after you finished the target, yeah. because uh, we were, you had even numbers of rounds in the gun at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot, this is a really good drill to work on, not only transitions, but also just maintaining focus and then drip uh, for an extended period of time.
1: And so th- this is, this is the focus part of what I think matters because the, the the designated target, we'll call it target number one, was somewhat in the middle of the array. There were a couple targets to the right and like three targets to the left. And so, as you 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 come from the holster as fast as you can, two shots on that partially no-shoot A zone, partial no-shoot A zone, and then to target two for two shots, back to target one for two shots, to target three for two shots, back to target one for two shots, to target four for two shots. You get the idea, all the way through all six targets and then back to target one for two shots. it's, it's a fair amount of rounds, and it's a lot of target transitions. Uh, some of the targets, like you said, were at distance. Some were a little closer. Some were included. Some were not. Some were credit card headshots. It, 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 it Keeping track of it, you either choose to sweep left to right or right to left or something like that, or, or good luck, go from there, yeah. right? kind of thing. It doesn't sound like it's a real big deal to do that but when you're trying to do it fast. It, it is a big deal. Um, I, I don't know that necessarily anybody got lost on the targets, but definitely they got lost on the reload if they only had one, just like you said. If you only shot one on a target, which one did you shoot one in? Did you go back to the designated target with only having one in the... uh, Cool. The the big thing that I see consistently when we start blocking part of the A-Zone, everybody wants to get generous with the A-Zone. We, as defensive shooters, try to focus hard on the upper A-Zone because as a defensive shooter, that's where all the important stuff is. Um, I don't want to get shot in the bottom half of my A-Zone. No. personally but I, but I'm probably gonna be in the fight less long if I get shot in the upper half of my a zone um now this drives because of the way the no shoots were set up there were a relatively horizontal line they were angled a little bit yeah. but, and so but you you had like i said easily if not 50 percent of the a zone you had 40 percent of the a zone which is still a pretty big target five by five six by six something like that
0: it, like, the amount of the A-zone showing was roughly equivalent to the total head box yeah, for a USPS, USPSA target. Yeah, like so it was call pretty it five big. By five. Yeah. It was
1: big. It was big. It was more than enough for any of us to shoot pretty much at speed, unless it was one of the like 8, 10-yard targets. So, so as we're going through that, what we saw, what I see you guys doing consistently, and not just in this drill, and not just in this night, but over the course of some of the other stuff we've done, is everybody tries to get off of the no-shoot rather than get in the center of the a-zone that they have to shoot and so what that drives are those near misses now in this case the near misses were above the a-zone still someplace i don't want to get shot still with spinal column behind it still with a lot of good vasculature behind it still with a lot of airway behind it and stuff like that probably all hits that would have impacted the bad guy but this was not set up as a tactical drill this was set up as a shooting drill so they were outside the target zone. yeah um when you start cheating that, I, I think what you do is you give up your ability to define how fast you can shoot into that zone at that distance under those conditions. And so that was something I felt like I really tried to work on because I know I try and cheat those shots. And for me, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to cheat those shots. I'm going to shoot to the center of what I have and try and make that yeah. hit. Just as if I would shoot maybe to the center of whatever meat the bad guy gave me until he gave me something I really wanted to put a bullet in mentality. Um, and so I, I did that. I think I, you know, I, I know I dropped a few shots. I know I, I know I clipped, <laughs> I clipped, and it was it was close. I mean, I'm, I was less than yeah. an inch into the no shoot a couple times, but it's still in the no shoot. It's still outside the target zone. Um, and I, and I did a couple of those because I had I know I had twenty air squats. So I had at least two of those. Um, but the idea of the, the drill is to try and hit what you're given at the fastest speed you can, that whatever distance it is, and go on, and not cheat it not trying to push their shots, oh well, that no-shoot's low on the bottom half of the A zone, so I'm gonna go ahead and maybe push my shots a little bit high. Their shots ended up looking like hits nobody wants to take in a gunfight, but in the competition world, they were Charlie's. Yeah, by a bunch. By a bunch, or Mike's, because because there were a bunch that were clear up into the head from guys trying to go fast yeah. and run doubles, where maybe they had one of them in that in A that zone, maybe, but they had one that would have, depending on how it scored, what the rules are for the stage. If you're up into the head box and you weren't shooting at the head box, it's a mic. Right. So, you know, going from there. And yeah. we had a lot of guys stretching those kind of hits out and then going, well, I'm okay with that. And it's like, well, that's cool. But this is a shooting drill, not a tactics drill. So that's one thing I think we need to clean up. Yeah, And, you know, at, at each of us needs to be more accountable. Where's that round going? Are we actually shooting the drill to shoot the drill? Not, well, I... I failed miserably on the drill, but the bullets just happened to go where I wanted them to anyway. So I'm going to say I'm good.
0: Yeah, we it's might mine. have some headless horseman targets for the next yeah, night.
1: literally, literally, just so that you can't, so that those high misses are actually mics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and you know, and, and I'm looking at you, and you know who you are, if you're listening. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. Th- that was one thing that popped <clears throat> up quite a bit. Um, I'm trying, there was something else on that drill that I was watching that, oh, the headshots, the credit card headshots. Yeah. Um, a, that's a two by three, two by four, two by three. Two by three. Two by yeah. three card box. It's essentially credit card, business card size. It's a it's a pretty tight target. Um, I think maybe on each run, most of us got one in the credit card but tried to go too fast and didn't get the second one in the credit card because that was probably a eight yard target. It was probably a 10 yard target. 10 yard target. Um, and so, and that's a shot all of us can make. We just can't do it as a double. You know, we can't do it as a, as a, a you know, as that like totally predictive. It's gotta be a reactive shot.
0: On the yeah, shot. and it's definitely a confirmation. Like it, the first shots, the dot is stable and not yeah. moving. And yeah. it's a good trigger press. Yes. Uh, and then the second one, yeah, I think for everybody's reactive, but again, it's probably that dot is stable yeah. and not moving and a yeah. good trigger press for the second shot too
1: and I can tell you that that the ones <clears> i draw I hit I had three in and three out I had three that were in the a box or, or touching it cutting it whatever and then three that were not in it but were in the head I don't think I need mics completely yeah. um but for me the the mics the the out the, the C's were all the second shot not letting the dots stabilize trying to because I knew I had a bunch of other targets left still to shoot so I was moving through those more quickly than I should have been um, and and not being predictive, not getting that hard confirmation on the dot. You know, like you said, no movement could press. And I think a lot of guys were doing that. Where there are a lot of guys that sound like they were trying to shoot double taps. At yeah, they're trying to shoot pairs at ten yards on a two by three target, and and most of us aren't that good. I know I'm not.
0: Yeah, one of the other kind of main things that designated target drill does, especially the way that we set it up. Yeah. Was it forced you to switch between shooting reactively and yes. predictively Yeah, based on the target, kind of the difficulty of the target, the distance to the target, yeah. and then your own personal skill set um, to where you know, if you just tried to shoot the cadence of the guy before you, um, maybe you could do it, maybe you couldn't. Yeah, um, But it was... There's a lot of individualized decision making that needs to take place with a drill like this.
1: Yeah, and I think it's I, I think it helps you, this drill helps you identify what you can do and what you can't do. What's in your wheelhouse and what's not. Then it shows you a little bit about, you know, okay, at this distance I really need to start. This is where things fall apart for me. This is where I need to find a, a, a non-moving dot and press the shot carefully, et cetera. Versus everybody by that, we did this three runs in a row. So it's 22 rounds, three runs in a row. Like you stepped up to the line, yeah. shot it, reset, shot it again reset shot it again and then taped up for each individual shooter everybody sped up everybody started off relatively cautiously on the partial a zone on on the designated target on number one target and ran at about the same cadence on all the other targets what you heard change the second run and then especially the third run was going back to the a zone on the designated target those two shots got faster and faster and faster because it was really close and it was a generous enough zone to go fast. Some guys kind of outrun it and pushed them off of it, but whatever. Um, Because they were using more than the A zone is what they considered their good target zone. Uh, But we've had some open targets that got faster and faster and faster. And then we had some other targets where you could you could catch the cadence auditorily slow down. We're like, oh, okay, now they're going to that other occluded, partially occluded A zone. Yeah. And so, you know, that that was interesting to see because I think everybody learned that. And that's the only way you're gonna learn that is to run through drills like that where there's enough complex stuff going on that you can kind of look at the targets afterward and go, okay, this is like running doubles, but running doubles on a whole bunch of targets from a perspective of when you get on range and look at them, you got feedback. Yep. What are you doing with those rounds? Where are they going? And you can look at it and go, okay. This is a partially occluded target at a fairly long distance. I need to tighten that up. Or this is a partially occluded target at a fairly close distance, and I dropped a whole bunch of them. I pushed them somewhere, probably more psychologically than my physical shooting ability. Yeah. Clean that up. So good feedback. A lot of good yeah. feedback off the targets. So.
0: Yeah, and then the second set kind of drill we did, um, we took we set up basically a shooting position one. We had a, about a five yard, five to seven yard Blake drill. Um, One of those targets was the headshot-only occluded target. Yes. Um, The second shooting position had two targets, I don't know, somewhere between like 7 and 10 yards. Both of those had no sheets on them. Yeah. And then the third position was like a 10-yard open target. Yeah. Um, And this was definitely dark. Um, You had to put your light on. Um, I think everybody. The intent, if people did it right, I'd say turn their lights off while they move between positions. Um, the people that didn't turn their lights off generally got heckled pretty badly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Much hilarity ensued. Yes. Because um, there was all <laughs> kinds of what what is going on here? Yeah. Why are um, you?
1: Yeah. Why are you loading your gun and keeping your light on? Why are you moving and keeping your light on? Why are you creating something for the bad guy to find and shoot at? In the most yeah. obvious manner, humanly possible, five hundred to a thousand lumens at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happens. You leave your light on. That's what you're doing. Is you're saying, shoot here with five hundred to a thousand lumens. Shoot here. I'm I'm here. Shoot shoot me. No, yeah. Don't do that. So, um, this drill we ran, we ran forward and back. So we ran it starting at the three target array, which happened to be on the left hand side of the range move to the middle, move to the right, and then shot. And then once you finished up, reset, run from the right back. So you had the one target, two targets, then three targets, and then back the other way, and then maybe even a fourth time. Uh, We ran this a number of times. Um, You saw the same cheats on the targets that were included. Yep. You saw people shooting. If it was the bottom half of the A was blocked, you saw people shooting into the A and then above the A, trying to go fast. And I think that's – I do still think that was more of a combination of – I'm gonna hold a little higher than in the center of what I have. I'm gonna hold a little higher than that because I don't want to take the chance of hitting the the no shoot. Right. Um, the head was there. Was there a head on that one? The one was the head only. Yeah, it was a yeah. head only. Um, and again, we were looking for at least one in the A. Yeah. In the head, and and I think in general that was probably. I don't know. I really didn't look at that target much because I was taping up the other ones. So you tell me what. Yeah, you I think saw it was there.
0: generally. I think generally there were probably two, two to three, two to four rounds. Okay. Out of six in the in the A box um, that had target. Yeah. Is one of those things where the other two were open and you could shoot the other two on the way out. Yeah. Um, some people chose to shoot that way, um, or you could shoot the open targets on the way in. I think everybody coming back shot the two open targets on the way in, and then mm-hmm. finished on the the target with the hostage on it. Um, going out of that position, uh, I think a lot of people actually shot the open targets first. Okay. Because uh, it was easier to do that off the draw. They wanted yeah. to go fast off the draw, Yeah. and then go to the the smaller target and then leave, which kind of put you in the wrong position well, your pivot, Wrong direction body-wise.
1: Yeah, your movement was going the other way at that point. Um, yeah.
0: And then, yeah, some guy like, I shot the head target first and just got my draw figured out. Yeah. Went to that so I could shoot, the, start moving as I was finishing on the last target.
1: So, talking about that for just a moment.
0: Guys, the the headshot was
1: the far left target. The targets were probably not more than a couple yards apart at most. Yeah. Um, the, it, was a, it was a Blake drill. Yeah, it was a Blake drill, essentially. And so if you, I think if you amortize the time out or if you divvy the time up that you spend going from fast draw to an open target, full size A zone, bang bang, transition to the second target, bang bang and then transition to the headshot, you add a little bit of time transitioning and refining for that credit card size headshot with a no shoot below it. If you come out of the holster, you're going to add a little bit of time to the draw stroke to refine the sight picture on that 2x3 and I think I don't know necessarily that you're gaining or losing a whole bunch one way or the other, um, choosing to go to the credit card first from the draw stroke. So it looks yeah. your time to first shot looks a little bit slower. But I bet if you looked at your transition from target two to target three, which was the headshot, your transition was slower between the two targets. I would bet oh, yeah. to a similar amount, right? Because you're because you got to slow down to make the headshot, whether you're coming off a target or coming off the holster. Take your pick. And so this is where, like, the competition into things, if you're out there and you're trying to really shave stuff, if you're a competition shooter doing a drill like this, starting with the head may be significantly advantageous because everybody's going to have the same splits with those transitions because they've got to slow down to make just a skosh. if you're that good to make the headshot, to make the credit card. But when you start moving, having your body weight or your momentum, even the gun as a lever, out on the end of a lever, You've got to make that whole big movement back to your right versus when you were doing it, you were shooting the headshot, the two body shots, and then as you were starting to shoot the next two body shots, you already had a foot up. Yeah, You're beginning to move. Massive advantage in a competition environment and efficient going to the next array. If you're running the whole drill for time and we're chasing efficiency, whether it's tactical, tactically sound or not, would you do it that way in a fight? Well, number one, we were we weren't utilizing cover. We were standing out in the open from three positions doing a shooting drill, not a tactics drill. Yeah. So there was definitely a huge advantage to shoot it the way you shot it. And I'm pretty sure I shot the headshot first because I figured it's going to take me a little more time to res- resolve that anyway, and I'm just going to go the other direction and move because I need all the help moving I can get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the second two targets, just, I didn't really see anything crazy there.
0: Yeah. The second two was really just coming in two positions stable with the gun up. Yeah. So that as you're you're, you're turning the light on as you're decelerating into yeah. position. Yeah. And then getting the gun with the dot or the sights stabilized so you can shoot as soon as possible once you're in on the, in the position and then being having hostages on those two targets, you can't just shoot when you saw brown behind the sights or yeah. behind the dot. Yeah. You actually had to know what you were shooting at. Uh, so the there was a lot of being good on the brakes was really important with this drill. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the, coming from that from those two targets to the last one that was wide open and a little bit further, everybody came into that. If you were running it as, with that as the last target, I think we saw less misses or less outside the A zone hits. Yeah. on that target, if you as the last target, than we did as the first. If you were coming out of the holster trying to get your light to work and get on it quickly so you could get moving to the rest of the drill. Um, I think we saw a lot more people drop one of those shots into a C because they were trying to go faster than they, faster than their light would allow them and faster maybe than their brain would allow them, Yeah. or both, Um, which was interesting to me too because that was a big wide open target, but it was like, oh, I'm in a hurry to get to whatever's next rather than solving what was right in front of me.
0: Yeah, there's definitely the temptation to go faster than your skill set allowed because it was now an open target. Exactly, yeah. So, um, you know, and and again, these are back to the same kind of things.
1: Um, With the addition of the lights, um, still saw, I think it increased. Now, these were the position change. The first drill didn't have position changes. So I can't say, you know, on the first drill, nobody did X, Y, or Z, but it was different. With the position changes, we have people, and I don't know if the light exacerbates this or if it's just people need to think more about it coming into position, not with the gun up. And I don't know if it's because of the light or if it's just because that's what they do. I think people revert to old habits that are, you know, someone's telling them this is tactically sound or something that this, that, or the other when being ready to shoot sooner is better, period. Agreed. You know, and if there's cover there, get ready to shoot as you come into cover. If there's not cover there, get ready to shoot as you come into position. I don't care one way or the other, but get ready to shoot as you come into a position, no matter what. Cover independent, you know, cover concealment independent. So. Uh, a lot of guys were like kind of moving into those positions and then punching the gun out, trying to figure the light out, etc. Versus punching punching the light on as the gun came out as you're stopping. In that yeah. case, not so complicated. Out of the
0: holster, I don't know why that struggled with that, but just in regular movement, not a problem. Yeah, Coming into darkness, doing low light stuff, if your movement isn't figured out well in the daylight, um, you're not going to magically make it better. Yeah, there's, when some, it gets dark. there's some visual
1: cues there that you that you that are, they're truly visual things to see how far you are from where you need to stop. And you're not going to see that when you're moving, especially if you're moving properly without your light on and not pointing the light in directions. It probably shouldn't be pointing because it's attached to your gun. Yeah, 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 that's a big deal. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Th- so, you know, with this, I, I think this drill adding light to it i don't know that adding light to it really changed a whole lot because i think everybody tried to do everything else the way they wanted to do it maybe not as well as they could have done it but the way they wanted to do it and then throwing the light in the light was almost like an afterthought um it felt like there are a lot of people who were struggling they weren't turning the light off when they were moving um they weren't turning the light off on the reload and stuff like that and you know and and i get all those things and i get the argument there i I have heard an argument made to not turn the light off on a reload because your reload should be done fast enough that you don't want to lose where the bad guy is. But as a general rule of thumb, you may or may not keep the gun pointed at the bad guy while you do a reload. At yeah. that point, too. I mean, that's a hard thing to do, right? Because in in the real world, everybody's gonna be moving. You're moving, they're moving, etc. So you know those arguments can be made, but they're fairly artificial. This this is again a shooting drill, not a tact not a tactics drill.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. Again, with modern lights, be that a you know X three hundred U or an X three hundred Turbo, Taylor one HL, um, Taylor seven A Flex, yeah, or seven A sub um, for guys running like three sixty five XLs or forty three Xs, yeah, uh, whatnot. Like the lights are good enough at these distances that the shooting should be on par with what you can do in the daylight.
1: Yeah, yeah. The only thing you're losing is trying to figure out how to make the light work, and I just think that again, that comes back to we all have 110 billion reps drawing the gun from the holster, getting it on target and pressing the trigger, um, you know, and, but not with the light necessarily. And I think that's, I do think that's a mental hiccup. I'm just not sure where the time's going because the time's increased by, in some cases, a half a second easily, maybe more um, on the draw stroke. And it's like to, to yeah. push a button, that just <clears> seems <throat> odd. And, and a culpa, right? I mean, I'm not saying I wasn't, I'm excluded from that, but it was just odd how how much it slowed us all down the first couple times then everybody kind of got into it a little bit. Um, but on the movement part of it coming into a position, I just think there's a lot of just not having the reps with the light is all, need more reps with the light. Yeah. Doing those drills, so. Yeah,
0: yeah. and a lot of it was like guys that would make, guys were making the same mistakes in darkness that they would have made in the daylight. True, true, true. Um, it just, yep. It was, it was, yeah, this is one of those places where the light because you can see kind of where the gun's pointed if the lights on uh, or how much longer it takes to for that light to come back on yeah kind of what was everything looks like a little bit more exaggerated yeah um, when it's when it's dark
1: yep yeah and I definitely have some things to sort out with my light um, the tap feature on the TLR7 um, a couple of times I tapped it but it didn't stay on um, and so I don't know I just need to work on that and I'm and I Don't have a vibe on whether or not that was I just wasn't pushing hard enough or or, what. I'm not sure. Maybe there's a point you've got to push the switch through its arc of motion far enough to make it stay on as that tap. Uh, I don't know. But there were a couple. And it it was all coming into the last target. Um, That single target going from one to the other. Didn't have a problem with it going the other way. But coming into that one, it's like I tap it and it wouldn't stay on. Then I just don't know if I wasn't tapping it hard enough or whatever. And that's a new light to me. I was sort of running it last year and... We lost a lot of our low light last year, so I just really didn't get the reps in that I should have, and that's that's on me because that's totally dry fireable, totally dry fireable. There's really not a good excuse to not know how to make your light work well, new, yep. or, new or not. So yeah,
0: cool. Yep. Anything else? Uh, I think like so movement stuff like this, the gun handling part definitely comes into play. Yeah. Uh, so where that gun, where the muzzle of the gun is pointed. Uh, if you're a competition shooter, you know not breaking the one eighty is critical, so you don't get disqualified. Yeah. Um, for defensive shooters, tactical shooters, uh, be that law enforcement, military, can still carry yeah. responsible armed citizen, however you want to call that. Yeah. Uh, being able to keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction uh, in a seven hundred twenty degree environment that is constantly changing. Yes. Uh, is very important, and be able to do that in real time. Yeah. Um this was a good drill because one in one direction, you know, as a right handed shooter, it's really easy to keep the muzzle pointed downrange. Yeah. Um going back the other way as a right handed shooter, you gotta do a lot more thinking about how do I keep the muzzle pointed, you know, in the downrange direction. Yeah. Um you know, if you're running Sewell, is the gun really, you know, pointed straight down at the ground or is it actually cheated? you know, 30, 45 degrees out in front of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot lot to be aware of. Um, this is a good kind of drill exercise, what have you, um, to figure out, you know, with Nerf guns, squirt guns. Blue guns. Blue guns. Whatever. Um, whatever uh, beforehand, um, you know, if you're looking to practice before a match, you know, st- if you get the, the thing off a of practice score with the diagram, you know, set it up with cones in the backyard, and take a, you know, take a nerf gun out and kind of run through it. And make sure yeah. you don't get dis- disqualified. Yeah. Um, if you're, you know, a concealed carry defensive shooter, whatnot, you know, doing the same thing with a nerf gun, and then making, you know, one of your kids or your, your spouse or whatever, you know, call you on, you know, the gun was pointed in the right in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, is really important to kind of square away those kind of bad habits from a gun-handling's perspective.
1: Yeah. I think people, when you start going into some of these artificial positions for safety or for range use or whatever, that are not how your body would normally work. Um, I don't think we realize torsional movement, how much our upper body, shoulders move and stuff like that. So you think the gun's tucked in where you want it, but you don't realize you're breaking 180 every stride and stuff like that. Um, you know, and those are all things that you've got to be critically aware of in that artificial range environment um out in the world going temple index or or going high port or going someplace that lets you move one of those things that lets you move and puts the muzzle up in the air may be the better thing to do or just run with the damn gun and then when you get there point it where it needs to be as long as a good guy or an unknown is not in front of you so you're not muzzling them as you run yeah there's a little bit that goes into that and the situation will dictate what you choose to use Um, but if you don't train these things on a fairly regular basis you won't be able to default to the right one of them when it's necessary so you just got to get out and do it Um, the movement end of it where the guns pointed being safe um, doing it in a dark environment with a light on the gun but with an unloaded gun or with a blue gun with a light on it or a laser on or something like that will show you exactly where the guns pointing when you're moving so be aware of that I would say You know, turn on turn on your light on your on your you know uh, unload and rope your Glock or take the barrel out of it or do whatever you got to do to make it absolutely safe or put it on a blue gun if you have one. Yeah. And then go go run a thirty, go run go run a set of shuttle sprints and see try and keep the gun pointed in a a zigzag drill or Or something. something. Go do some stuff like that and see with the light where the light's going. Um, it's illuminating. See what I did there? Yeah. See what I did there? Yeah. So, yeah, it'll show you what you're doing wrong, if you're doing anything wrong, whatever. But definitely an opportunity to train to do that, you know. And so, yeah, Yep, Yep. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so that was, when I was getting into the movement part of it, that was one of the things we had conversations about. A couple guys doing the artificial, just run with your arm extended with the gun pointed down range. And then some of the guys are more defensively oriented saying, no, not in a million years because I don't want to get that gun taken away out in the real world and maybe it won't be in an environment where I'm running through an open range with nothing around me, maybe there's cars, there's something that somebody could be behind and just reach out and snatch the gun, snatch me, whatever, and now I'm in So that that came up as part of the conversation. Yeah, Yeah, at the
0: same time, you're trying to keep the gun tucked in real tight. Yeah. I think it's easy to lose perspective on exactly where that muzzle's pointed. Yeah,
1: yes, concur, so yeah, absolutely. So all in all, uh, it's dark out now and it's a wonderful time to get out and train. Um, you don't have to make loud noises to train with your weapon in the dark. You don't have to have a weapon to train movement and light usage and stuff like that in the dark. Uh, you can dry fire in the dark. You can dry fire with a light in the dark. It's a lot more effective with a light in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, these are all things, guys, that, you know, you know, having the, having someplace to do this with live fire is awesome. Um, but I would tell you that 90% of the training that occurred could have been done without bullets yes without ammo so you know take advantage of it even though it's not quite as much fun take advantage of it so yep
0: yep uh, on that note we try to get things posted up interesting things posted up to our social media you can follow us along on facebook and instagram on facebook we're cap city outfitters on instagram we are cap city outfitters too on our website capcityoutfitters.com you can find valuable information such as how to do an ffl transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront over at silencershop.com. Also on the website, you can sign up for our email newsletter that comes out on Fridays or send us an email to info at We will happily add you to the newsletter list. And then we're here in Hilliard, Ohio. We're at 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We are directly next to Lewis Fusion Drill. Uh, we're here 10 to 5 Tuesday through Friday and then 10 to 3 on Saturdays. And we look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Thanks for tuning in.